The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of VR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Today we have a show that really talks about law and situations that could have gone up in smoke, but in this case, really, um, justice was served, everything was constitutionally correct, and we have to leave it to a litigator like Robert A. Kahn from Robert Hill, Woodland Hills, also a professor with Loyola Law, to really kind of make the win and save the day based on a municipal ordinance and winning that ordinance. Welcome, Robert. Hi, Cindy. Happy to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Last time we were talking about health care, and I think that medical marijuana still falls into the health care arena. So, I mean, we're not too far off course, are we? No, they're actually uh, very compatible subjects. Very, very compatible subjects. Well, listen, you've been sort of a rock star in the news lately. You know that. Um, everything started out a little slowly when we announced the fact that you filed suit to prevent medical marijuana dispensaries from going up in smoke, so to speak. And, um, you know, you, you, you went forward to charge the city of Los Angeles guilty of illegal war on legit hot businesses, which we're talking about the medical marijuana dispensaries. And at first, I think when the suit was first filed, you know, you got the the reporters that covered it were the people who generally covered medical marijuana in the state of California, like the LA Times and a couple of the hemp magazines and all of that kind of stuff. And then what happens is, is you go forward with this and you win. And then all of a sudden, you're the pot superstar. How did that feel? Um, satisfying. <laughs> no, it felt great because um, you always wonder about other things that are going on in the uh, minds of uh, the judges and other people in terms of how they make their decisions. You hope that they're going to follow the law, but then there's other. there can always be some political pressure. And people can worry about backlash and those types of things, especially judges. You know, I mean, they're supposed to take the law and uh, apply it regardless of their own personal feelings. and uh, But yet, you know, you've heard these cases where they make an unpopular decision and then they end up getting uh, voted out. So I was worried, uh, you know, that there might be some of that going on when we had this subject coming up. But uh, it was not the case. The judge was uh, extremely... Uh, you know, fair, and of course we won, so I think he was fair. But Well, no, I mean, well, but listen, it takes a great litigator to have the ability to focus 
on what you've been trained to do, which is paying attention to the law when there's all this rhetoric out there of, you know, people making arguments on moral grounds and trying to argue that through the press. And the thing that you did that's stellar and that worked is you really had the ability to really focus on the ordinance at hand. You just looked at it strictly from a constitutional point of view and you made your arguments in that way and you wouldn't be swayed by all of the outside banter that was going on. And I think that really has a lot to do with the quote-unquote fairness. Um, You know, had you taken the bait, you know, from the DA's office or from anybody else who had something to say about it because of their moral opinions, you might have gotten diluted and distracted, but you didn't. So bravo to you. I mean... Thank you. <laughs> what else would you say I, I, but you know, thank I'm, you, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, um, I appreciate the compliments. Um, I really have to compliment the judge, though, Chalfant, I think it's pronounced. Um, he, he was just, you know, they kept throwing out, you know, uh, as I, uh, I wrote in one of my briefs, you'd think that the streets were going to run red with blood if, you know, he overturned this ordinance or said it was invalid. It was just they had all this hysteria that there would be rampant crime. and I mean, they threw out everything at that hearing. It was just they went on and on and on. And he just looked back at them and said, well, you know, pass a proper ordinance. It's all within your control. Right. No, there you, really? well, that, that is laudable, too, because even judges are human. And, um, you know, sometimes, even though they're not supposed to be swayed, by all the noise out there, you know, they can't admit that they are, and they're not, I mean, but they, they might be. So you're right, compliments to the judge for the same reasons, keeping, hearing the argument based on the law. And, um, you know, but, like, there's a lot, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on around it, and, you know, the timing of your doing your due diligence in, um you know, in in preventing the dispensaries from being closed down unfairly, um, a lot of other stuff was going on in the national news and, you know, federal government. And Obama happened to have made his comments about, you know, medical marijuana is cool, right? Right. <laughs> um, you had Cooley banging on his chest saying, I don't care what this is, I'm closing them down. Um, you know, and it it sort of turned into this gigantic national story, um, you know, that sort of really raised your profile. How did that make you feel? Oh, uh, it made me feel that I was among uh, people that, uh, you know, were more famous than me. <laughs> For sure. Well, you know what? But you're pretty famous now. It's funny, you know. <laughs> okay, you might not want to admit this on the air, but have you Googled yourself? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't have, but you know, it's really fun. It's sort of, uh, it's, it's a, it's sort of one of those pleasures, like when you go behind the bathroom door, you don't exactly want everybody to know what you're doing. Because, <laughs> you know, Googling yourself sounds kind of lame, but if you Googled yourself, Robert Akon, um, you are going to see quite a lot of pages. Hmm. Did you know that? No, I'm doing it now, actually. <laughs> you're Googling yourself now while you're on the <laughs> I mean, because, you know, you did really hit NewYorkTimes.com. You did, I mean, you really got picked up in all of these national places. So now instead of just being this, you know, um, California um, licensed attorney 
small I mean, you have a name that has national acclaim. (laughs) You're laughing at yourself. You didn't get to yourself yet. No, I just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take it um, seriously. I mean, I am representing a bunch of uh, pot smokers. Just kidding. uh, No, well, Um, yeah, but again, the the key is, is that the law is the law. And whether it was a medical marijuana dispensary based on an ordinance or, you know, um, a child's, um, you know, sort of indoor playground, you know, people may have been disturbed about that. I mean, you know, you still fought the ordinance in a way that a lawyer should approach it. So whether it's pot, toys, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, and actually, I mean, the law that we were dealing with is a, um, there's a state law that tells you how, uh, local cities and other uh, municipalities are allowed to pass their own laws. That's how it works. You know, state law tells them how they can do it. So uh, it, it, it's the same application regardless of the subject. Doesn't matter if it's marijuana stores or billboards. That's another topic. I know there's. I heard there's litigation going on, basically in the same problem with the city of Los Angeles, and that's you know their their uh, failure to follow the state rules regarding how to pass these temporary ordinances. Right, but you know what? That that kind of sort of makes you an expert in doing so. And, you know, you know, t- every lawyer has an area. And, you know, in civic matters, temporary ordinances, municipal matters, whatever the case may be, those laws still apply to any other thing, doesn't it? Right. You know, so, I mean, maybe people can make jokes about the fact that, you know, you're pot attorney extraordinaire. But um, the truth of the matter is, it's a, you know, it's it's a kind of law that not everybody knows how to approach, and you're the guy now. Even my mother's following it. <laughs> what does your mother think about the pot lawyer? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I mean, I know that she's like. Isn't she like in her nineties? She's ninety-three. Yeah, she's that's a... what I thought. So, I mean, does she understand, you know, the whole pot thing? Oh, she understands. She's got a very sharp mind. She's actually on a cruise with her ninety-three-year-old friend. <laughs> <laughs> but she's. But, like, uh, does she she's say, "Oh, my son, the pot attorney"? <laughs> um, she's, you know, very liberal. She doesn't, you know, she's kind of have the same attitude that a lot of people have, which is, you know, you know, the most liberals say, "Well, I should just be legal." And then the other ones, the less liberal, say, well, at least it should be available, you know, for medical purposes. Right. And, right. Uh, so she's, but she's proud of you because, you know, a Jewish mother always will be proud of her son, and this is quite the accomplishment. So she went on her cruise being able to brag about it. That's true. And she did say, I'm so proud of you. She goes, of course, I was proud of you before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she has a lot to be proud of. I mean, you know, you are also now a professor with Loyola, a fine university. Yes, thank you. And we'll talk. We could talk a little bit more about that in the next segment because we have three segments where you could talk about yourself. And if we get really bored, you could just go into Google and re- we could read some of the articles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does that sound good? Well, I want to. I want to say to everybody that Dan Luntz was going to be joining us, and you know, this is your client, and Dan is with Green Oasis, which is a dispensary, and he represents. L.A. Collective, which is, um, a, you know, a group of dispensaries that you represented, right? Right. Okay. He and was just the named plaintiff, but it's, there was a large group, about 20 dispensaries that are members that, you know, in essence were responsible for being able to bring the lawsuit. So. 
They need right. to I mean, again, you, you, you saved a lot of businesses on great legal grounds. Now, listen, we're going to have to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to have a lot of fun in the next couple of segments. Please stay tuned and stay on the air with more with Robert A. Kahn, pot attorney extraordinaire. <laughs> okay, stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. It's sex education like you've never heard before. Want to improve your love life? You know, that love life. Join sexual wellness expert and certified erotic educator Jaya for Sex with Jaya. She'll bring you cutting-edge techniques to expand your erotic repertoire. Jaya will offer advice and speak with guests who will shed light on everything to do with sex. You can even listen together with that special someone. Sex with Jaya is broadcast live every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Pelzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're talking to litigator 
extraordinaire, Robert A. Kahn, and uh, Robert is an attorney that practices in Woodland Hills, California, and he is also a professor of law at Loyola Law School. Um, when, you know, when you're teaching, are you going to talk about this case when you're, what, during your curriculum at Loyola? Absolutely. I, I don't, you know... I think to make a, a subject that's otherwise kind of dry, sometimes civil procedure, I think you know, bringing in real life uh, examples is great. And, yeah, well, uh, it's so current, I and I think that it's a subject matter that will make life a little bit more interesting for them because they'll all be able to relate. That's true. Although I guess you know the, the idea that everybody who's in college and uh, graduate school is you know pro pot is not true. Probably, I'm sure I'll get a lot of. Uh, both sides. Well, I hope. I'm, I'm curious. You'll have to come back on the show and share that with me because I'm very, very curious about, um, you know, you could certainly set up a courtroom procedure in your class, right, where people might have to fake that they're against it. But I just have a feeling that the college audience is going to be more of a majority for pro, you know, pro legalization of medical marijuana dispensaries. It's it's generational. A lot of it, I think. Um, but I'd be curious to know how many people you would have to force on the con side. Right. It's well, be I thought about it, and uh, you know, I don't know. I was trying to decide if I should make up a T-shirt or something. You know? <laughs> I think you should. I, you know what? I, I really, really think you should. I think that as part of the curriculum, when you come in, you know, you definitely have to bring in some of the clips. Right. You know, <laughs> that, because it shows such. You know, current information on a subject matter that's going to interest them. It's so much more interesting than fighting an ordinance where, you know, um, where a real estate developer maybe went too far out of bounds on their allocated land, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, come on. Like I said, yeah, with the uh, the billboards is another big deal as they passed an interim ordinance apparently to uh, freeze the building of any new billboards. I think. I've gotten some calls from attorneys dealing with those kind of cases. So I've gotten a lot of calls from a lot of attorneys. Well, again, I mean, <laughs> your name you gets know, out there. if you're the, if you're the quote-unquote ordinance guy, I mean, there, there's a lot of attorneys that just don't, that, that just don't have the experience in dealing with that. And when I think about our networking group, our professional networking group called Provisors, I can't think of many lawyers, well, you know, that stand out at least. That you know have this kind of win experience. You're, I mean, it could it could almost be like your thing. That's true. I guess it could become it. Uh, I don't know. Is that a good thing? Well, I don't know. Or, I mean, you know, let's think thing, about this from a let's a think about this thing. from a way the way that lawyers market themselves. And you know, we look at provisors, and you know what? Fifty percent of members are lawyers, I guess, and fifty percent are everything else. And what you learn in an organization like Provisors, and layman doesn't generally know this, is that there are about 266 specialties in law, at least, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like... I don't know how you came up with that exact number, but I'll go with that. Uh, you know what? It's in my head, oh, okay? okay? It's a Cindy Rakowitz polling in her head estimate, okay? okay? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it might that might be a little broad, but I'm hearing more specialties every day. And when you talk about lay people, it's interesting. You know, they'll say, oh, we need to call a lawyer, right? And it, they... 
if it's any legal matter, oh, we need to call a lawyer. Robert Kahn's a lawyer. Let's call him. And then it could be something that you have absolutely nothing to do with. I mean, people don't generally understand, you know, I'm talking about, you know, Joe or Jane on the streets, that, you know, lawyers build their, their signs, their street signs, based on whether it's a tax specialty or transactional or litigation or what kind of litigation or pension or, you know, we could go on and on and on and have a game to see if we could get to near 250, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, listen, I, I don't hear ordinance civic matters very, very much in our provisor's community. I mean, you could share with me, well, Cindy, there are other people I know that do that. But in my provisor's world, I haven't seen any of them. To me, you're like the, you're the ordinance guy. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you uh, have a case like this. Follow well, you know, exactly <laughs> right, because it's high visibility. So, I mean, you know, the, the street sign, you know, I call it like store signs when they tell mm-hmm. people, you know, how they should market themselves. You know, you have to picture the sign. All right. I mean, I have to. I have to wonder how big of a market there is for uh, ordinance lawyers, but I don't know. Um, well, when I you think the about city... how many municipalities there might be in, you know, in the city of Los Angeles alone. And that's true. Well, we got, you know, the, I think the city of Los Angeles um, possibly understands the mistake they made and uh, will not do it again. So, but. Uh, well, but, well, you never know. I mean, maybe they won't do it again in the case of medical marijuana, but how many other municipal matters are there? Oh, thousands. Exactly. But what I'm saying is that I think the city attorney's office, they're the ones that advise the council on, you know, what to do and not to do and how to pass an ordinance. They're their lawyers. And uh, I think the, the worst part of this, and I think that, you know, the city attorney you know, they fought kind of hard against this ruling because it was embarrassing to them that they were they gave bad legal advice. Well, they did, and it's funny. Um, I, I've seen, and maybe you're not reading your press clips, but I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think that there was one clip where somebody commented, and it was on you know the DA side of things. Mm-hmm. And said they tried to like really minimize the fact that they didn't respond or have hearings or they they addressed their mistakes this way by saying why the city of Los Angeles didn't respond to a hearing is beyond me. But still, I mean, they tried yeah. to address it and just move it away mm-hmm. because it's embarrassing for them. That's right. You know, um, but I, yeah, what do you I would do? imagine what do you that do? this happens a lot. Sorry. I would imagine that it happens a lot. Um, not as publicly, I don't think. Maybe not as publicly. This, this, got, this got, you know, because of the subject matter and the timing, it got a lot of press and people were watching it. And, and then they were trying to, you know, then they were looking to really make news out of it. And I think so. Well, listen, let's, let's take the lawyer's hat off for a second. And I'm saying that for the record. And let's talk a little bit because I know that you are fascinated with health care and you you know you actually litigate in that arena so i you know i want my audience to know but that by the, you are not limited to ordinance law by any means i was just trying to 
figure out if that would be the specialty area where you're the only one. But you are a grant, you are a great litigator. You, you sometimes take contingency cases where, you know, where the, the win might be risky, but you win and you stick with it, and I think that's unbelievable and people should applaud. Um, but I want to talk, I want to talk about the, you know, the social and um, you know what might be right outside of the law for a second in terms of medical marijuana, and I, I, I guess I want to ask the question, you know, why is it such a big deal, particularly when you have people that really, really need it? And you and I know the people that really, really need it. This is not the people that are going to go into a dispensary, buy and resell. And that's part of the problem, you know, because people sometimes go into dispensaries and buy and resell. So then the media can have a heyday with zooming in on those characters, and that's really just, you know, it's not supposed to happen, and it's a small handful of people that do that. But, you know, how about the cancer patients? How about the leukemia patients? How about the amputees? Um you know, there are people that really can benefit from the positive effects of medical marijuana to manage their pain and discomfort. Um, and, uh, you know, should they be cut off access to it is really the question. And, again, I'm asking you to take your law hat off and talk as a, in, a, in a social point of view for a second. Okay. Well, um, my my view of it, obviously, is that, they should not be cut off from it, and there needs to be a practical approach. There is um, a lot of misinformation being thrown out there by the district attorney and city attorney in terms of what is legal and not legal. The district attorney is taking the position that any sale is illegal, and they want to shut down any pot store that sells marijuana. They don't care if it's for medical purposes or whatever. Um, it's just not realistic. And if you don't have the ability to purchase it, then you don't have access to it. I mean, the district attorney is saying, well, their interpretation of the law is that you can grow it. You can grow your own. You can grow it in a group of people. And, but that's it. Nobody can grow it and sell it to, um, as a group and sell it legitimately to somebody who needs it. And I don't think that's right. Well, you know, it, it's it's not. But you know what? Well, you know, but when you talk about the way that precedents are built, what do you think about, you know, you have your medical marijuana doctors. Why can't, you know, they're, they're, most doctors, if they're not a quote, end quote, medical marijuana doctor, will not write a prescription, right? I mean, that's what I've experienced. I mean, you, I mean, you can't go to your family doctor and say, you know, gee, can you give me a prescription for medical marijuana? What they'll do is they'll refer you to a specialist. You know, I don't know. I'll have to take your word for that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I, you know, it's it, 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 within the medical com community, it's it's very, very controversial. I, I, think I think one of the, what I'm sharing with you is, is I think if, you know, conventional or traditional doctors um, didn't have this kind of um, hesitation to writing a marijuana prescription. Um, I don't. There wouldn't be such a problem. They're always referring it down to a specialist, and I find that to be very interesting. And I think it's because of the moral, because of the moral situation. Right. I, you know, I think if they if a, if a traditional doctor starts writing prescriptions for medical marijuana, they don't want to be singled out by the bad guys. They don't want to take that risk. 
Right. There's too much controversy going on still. Well, you saw it as a lawyer, so of course, you know, you get a 60-year-old general practitioner or internist. They don't want to start writing prescriptions so that people on the street can hear that, oh, this doctor is, uh, you know. So they refer it to these people. I mean, they're doctors. I don't want to take away from them or anything, but, you know, it's it's just not treated right anywhere. Well, listen, we're at the end of our second segment, and, um, you know, but we're having a lot of fun. But stand by and stay tuned for more with Robert Acon, litigator extraordinaire and known for his recent win in the medical marijuana dispensary case. And we'll come back right after these commercials. Stand by. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn Saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. 
We're back with Robert Kahn, litigator extraordinaire, professor of law at Loyola Law School, recently um, known for winning um, winning an ordinance to um, make sure that mar- medical marijuana dispensaries stay open. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Robert? Um, well... It, I mean, just a little correction there. No, nothing personal. I, no, I won a case in, that, uh, in essence, held that the ordinance was invalid. So, um, it well, that's a, that's an important. It's an important legal technicality. Right. He fought the you 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 made clear that the ordinance was invalid. Right. Okay. And, and there was a, um, you know, basically what the city was doing is they passed this ordinance two years ago. And they uh, really didn't do anything about all the stores that were popping up, you know. And I guess I don't. I was wondering what was the like the straw that broke the camel's back because it was right around June that all of a sudden all hell broke loose and they started having these hearings and sending out these letters. There was this real push, you know, to uh, to basically enforce this ordinance that they had done nothing about. That's what brought it to a head. Because uh, a lot of these places uh, were getting threatened, and some people were arrested and, you know, handcuffed, taken away. Scary, you know. They raided their homes, trying to find. No, I mean, you know what? But this is really important because this this is where you get into stuff that's unconstitutional, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, this is really, really important. Um, you know, and you just said, and you brought that all forward, right? In making your argument, that's right. Well, that was the basis for the injunction. Was that there is a the uh, what you need to do to get an injunction is you have to show that there is irreparable harm. So the irreparable harm was that people were going to be arrested uh, for violating a law that is expired. And you can't be arresting people when there when there's expiration of a law. Right. I mean, it was exactly. I mean, you can do it, but then. But there's repercussions. It's there's not, repercussions it's for not that. constitutional. It's not legal. Right. Yeah, right. Sort of a wrongful arrest. I mean, they're not going to do anything. Uh, they've already said publicly they're not, they're not going to enforce the ordinance. They're not even going to try. They're working on passing a new one. Right. And what do you think is going to happen with that? Well, I was told in October, you know, why do you want to pursue this, the uh, temporary ordinance is going to become moot anyways when they pass the new one, and we're going to do that in October. And I said, yeah, but I don't know. It's been 13 years since they passed you know, the proposition on marijuana, and you still haven't passed an ordinance, so I'm not so sure you're going to do it in October. And we're in November. They haven't done it. And, and so you're kind of guessing that it will take a while for them to get around to it? I think that there is if for want of a better expression, infighting going on among the city council members. Otherwise, they would have passed an ordinance. If they all agreed on what to sh- you know what should be in the ordinance, they would have voted to pass it. And that's there's got to be some sort of a deadlock there or something. I'm guessing they do. Got to be. And then you come into December and it's the Christmas holidays, and then people won't want to revisit it until the new year, right? Right. Well, you can guess that stuff. I mean, it, you don't know. Um, you would think that there was, you know, there would be some urgency to it. I, I know that they're acting, you know, they're talking like there's urgency. But uh, you're right. I mean, there can be a lot of delays. And I, I, I still think that there is there is not a consensus, obviously, among the city council members. 
because you know some of them want to just make the restrictions uh, or the the ordinance so restrictive that you know pretty much everybody would be violating it. <laughs> so it's really not in the spirit of Prop 215. No, no, really, it's it, it's interesting. It, the elections did it come up in any of the election stuff in California? I really wasn't following the elections that closely this year. Do you know if it did? If what did? It, you know, if the was there any kind of discussion about the ordinances in the recent in the recent election? I no. didn't. I don't know. Um, I know that. Uh, well, no, I don't know if there's anything in the election. I know that there's uh, quite a few efforts afoot to. Uh, put some measures on the ballot um, regarding marijuana, some to legalize it, some to to do other things with the law. The problem is really that Prop 215 was sort of the camel's nose under the tent. It it sort of you know it wasn't it was kind of vague, and but it was it was vague enough that people could say, hey, you know what, this this makes sense. Let's let's do this. But they left it kind of vague. They left a little too vague, and now you got different counties and different cities, you know, applying it differently and saying, "Well, some say you can grow it, some say you can't. You can sell it, some say you can't sell it." You know, it's a whole hodgepodge across the state. Uh, every, well, again, you get into it's all local law, right? Well, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be state law. It's supposed to be. There's supposed to be a uniform law. I mean, whether. There should be a uniform law. The state, the cities have the right to regulate, um, you know, where you sell it uh, and, and where the stores are. And you don't want them too close to a church, or too close to a school, or too close to a kindergarten, you know. And they, those are zoning ordinances. That's what the city can do. But the city can't say something is illegal that is legal under the state law. See that's it. You know, it always for again people who are not lawyers and you know, and people who aren't familiar with you know how you know local laws change in different states, whatever is supposed to be, and then whatever is developed. You know, it's just so hard for the layperson to understand that. It's clearer to say, well, there's differences between federal law and state law because most people learn that without going to law school, right? (laughs) <laughs> but um you know when you get into what what state law is supposed to be and then these tiny local you know ordinances and municipal laws and all of that kind of stuff it gets really fuzzy definitely fuzzy and if here's an example okay if you have um i mean uh, you know kind of a, a hot topic abortion the federal government has said that in essence, the courts have said, the Supreme Court, that depending on the, I think it's a, whatever the trimester is, I don't know off the top of my head, but you cannot restrict somebody's uh, ability to get an abortion. The states can't pass a law that says it's illegal because the federal government has said you, that's a right you have. Every Every citizen has that right. So you kind of have the same kind of a model with the state, if the state says that it's legal to, you know, use marijuana for medical purposes, a city can't say it's illegal. Now, a city can say, we don't want you selling it in our city. You know, go to, 
you know, <laughs> go, go to the go city to of Hollywood, the next town. West Hollywood or Santa Monica or Calabasas. Move it, move it forward. Right. Not my, you know, what is it, NIMBY? Is that what it's called? Not in my backyard? Not my backyard, exactly. Right, so that, that's sort of what they're trying to do. And the problem with the city is that, Los Angeles, is that there are cities that have passed outright bans on selling medical marijuana. And I believe that those are valid, but you can't, but there's a problem with the retroactivity. And this is the genie in the bottle, putting it back, putting the genie back in the bottle. They didn't pass an ordinance. If they had passed an ordinance right away saying, ban them, we don't want any in our city, they, that might have cut it. Right. But they didn't do anything. It's been 13 years. They're all up. There's all these stores, you know, out there operating. And if they try to say, let's ban them, well, what do they do with the ones that are open? You know, that's, you can't take people's property. Um, there's some laws against that. It's like saying, it's like you build your house. In your, you know, in a neighborhood, and you build a two-story house, okay? Um, can the city pass a law that says, okay, we're only allowing one-story houses now? And they go, okay, well, that's okay for going forward. But no, the city says, no, 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 you've got to tear down your two-story house. We've now passed a law that says they're illegal. Yes, that's a kind of a but you know what? Simple that's example, a really great example. It's a textbook example for people who don't, you know, who can't get their arms around it. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant because how can you, you know, if you're building buildings that have ten stories and then you say, "Sorry, they only have to be three. What are you going to do? Throw everybody out of their apartments? Right. Re- brilliant, brilliantly put. So, so the the problem the city's, you know, dealing with now is that they've got all these places that are open. And they want to try and put restrictions on them, and they can put restrictions on them. You know, they 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 clearly can say, you know, you can only operate between this hour and this hour. Um, these are things that they want to do. That, uh, but the problem they're going to have is the location uh, restrictions because they're going to try and pass an ordinance that says you can't be within a thousand square feet or a thousand feet of a another dispensary. And there's plenty of them around that are within a thousand feet of them. Well, which one are you going to make move? Well, that's in, and, and and how do they approach that? I mean, do the are the dispensaries forced to maybe? I mean, is a solution that they have to become a little bit more collective? No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, is that can that be sort of you know part of the resolution? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I mean, if it depends on how much they've invested in the uh, the, the operation. I mean, some of these places that have opened up are just you know empty buildings. You know, they're they're not, you know, and, and there's others that have spent a lot of money on security and doing it the right way, and they you know they've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars and signed leases and you know done everything that you're supposed to do legally to uh, have the operation running. And, yeah, and they, they and they, may I add, they do pay taxes. Them. People don't, you know, they do pay their taxes. They do. In fact, that's one of the things that uh, you know people keep pointing out to the district attorney Steve Cooley is that the state board of equalization says that sales of medical marijuana are taxable, and so they're presumably paying their taxes. I mean, and people, and you know, you well, it's illegal to sell it. How can you how can you tax something that's illegal to sell? It'd be like, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can, but it doesn't sound right to me. No, it doesn't sound kosher. Well, listen, we're at the end of our third segment. You have one more segment left. I know that you always are appalled at how quickly this goes. <laughs> Aren't you? Yes. I'm. It just flies. Well, you make everything fun, Cindy. Yeah, breakfast with Cindy. I know. You always like to have that. I know, I know. Well, listen, let's take this commercial break. We'll be back with Robert Kahn, litigator extraordinaire, um, famous lawyer, recent win. Congratulations to him. And stand by for more with Robert Kahn in just a second after these breaks. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you destined to be an everyday change agent in your organization, your relationships, your community? Learn how to become one when you tune in to The Change Agent on the Voice America Variety Channel. Justin A. Flunder, the chief change agent leader of the Flundonian Group, will help you examine every aspect of your personal and professional life. By observing your own thoughts, words, and actions, you will become the everyday leader that you are meant to be. The Change Agent airs live Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards then she can hang on her wall, including three Cleos. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back with Robert Kahn, litigator extraordinaire. 
extraordinary person, great law professor, and God, I wish I was in law school and had him talking, teaching me about law. You're so good at it, <laughs> Robert. I mean, you came up with like this whole thing about, you know, buildings and apartments and, you know, ordinances, and when you build something up, you can't take them down. I mean, you put it in such simple terms. Oh, you're so easy to impress. I, well, you know, that's part of my charm, right? Um, you know what? I gotta, I have to share with you, um, you know, during the time when, you know, the news broke out about, you know, the great mar- medical marijuana debate, and you remember the day very, very clearly because you were in the middle of litigation, which must have been really frustrating, but you kept your head on straight, you know, when Cooley came out and, you know, you know, started with his front page stories and his threats and all of that kind of stuff and I just told you it was braggadocio and you agreed and don't buy into it. It's very, very interesting what happens from the media point of view and the show is about branding and PR. Um, you know, even though you were interviewed by Fox TV News, the, what we were invited to do by the senior vice president at Fox, Ken LaCourt, was he was trying to engage you into a debate against Cooley, and I told him that that wasn't going to happen because it would be absolutely the wrong thing for you to do. But isn't it interesting that, like, Fox really actually made that offer to you? <laughs> um, yes, that is. I don't, I, mean, I don't know that I would have wanted to do that. I'm sorry, whose idea was that? Oh, it was, I, I, you know, me, Miss, Miss Media Angel. I, I've been friends with the senior vice president at Fox, TV, his name is Ken LaCourt, for many, 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 many years. Mm. And when, you know, he saw the press release, um, you know, he wrote me an email immediately saying, oh, from Playboy to Pot, that's just great, you know, and he had a keen interest in it. And then when the story broke out on the front page of the L.A. Times with Cooley, you know, pounding on his chest with power about, you know, saying how, you know, all medical marijuana dispensaries are going to go away. I'm shutting them down, period, end of story. Ken LaCourt followed up with me and said, you know, do you think your guy is up to a debate with Cooley? And I just wrote back saying, you know what, this is going to be fought in a court of law. This is not going to be fought on Fox TV. (laughs) Right. And I mean, you know, so I think it's interesting for you to see how, you know, we have to, you know, sort of mitigate the media as you're mitigating the courts, right? Right. Well, I am supposed to be, you know, I do represent my client, and that's the most important thing for me to do. And that's why you're such a good lawyer. (laughs) You're such a dirty, great lawyer. And also, (laughs) the... um, Honestly, I don't know what Steve Cooley would have to gain by that. I mean, well, he, does, he does much better, you know, standing up there and saying, I have all the power and I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And to get into a situation where somebody's challenging him on television, I, I don't see how that could help him at all. Well, you know what? I think that the idea was that maybe he was going to challenge you on television. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Well, that's, you know, maybe that's more for a... Uh, 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 I could see something like that in a much smaller venue, you know. Maybe yeah, no. Well, I mean, in front of a bunch it, it would have been wrong. It's or whatever funny. a community, but you know, I don't know about TV. <laughs> um, it's you know what? It's it's it would have been win-win for him, and probably not win-win for you because you really had to focus on your client, like you said before, and you know, focusing on the issue at hand, which was actually you know a pretty. Small issue in comparison to the great, you know, federal, (laughs) state medical marijuana dispensary 
debate. I mean, you know, and if you if if you were somebody different than the fine lawyer that you are, you may have your ego may have gotten the best of you. And there are so many lawyers that are like, oh my God, I get to be on, you know, I, I get to be on a national TV show. Oh my God, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they'll and they'll get tempted into it, which is the wrong thing to do. And I have to counsel my clients that it would be the wrong thing to do. Of course, it depends on what the situation is, but in this situation, there was no win for you. I mean, part of the charm was is that you stuck to it constitutionally. Right. Um, You're speechless. I'm speechless, and I, I've, I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, you know, in trying to break it down and make it a little less confusing, you know, there's, there is this there's the if you're in the city of Los Angeles or any city, there's the city level. Then there's the state level. There's the federal level. Three levels. And in the city, their law was their temporary law, which was is only supposed to be for the amount of time necessary for them to come up with a permanent law, um, was ruled invalid. But what I don't think I know a lot of people are confusing is that the state law says. In essence, it's illegal to sell marijuana. That was never amended, even though they passed Prop 215 about, which said it's it is not illegal to, you know, use medical marijuana for medical purposes if you have a recommendation from a doctor. So Cooley is hanging his hat on the. He's just saying the, the penal code still says it's illegal to sell it. Right. So he doesn't care about the logic of it. Now up in Oakland. Uh, I mean, I'm just using that as an example, but their district attorney is not taking that position. I mean, they are selling it up there. Right. It's working just fine. You know, they, they did limit the number of dispensaries early on, and it's a very smooth, and it's not, you know, it's not some sort of community upheaval. Uh, it's just the backlash, you know, in, this, in, in Los Angeles, the problem is that they didn't, the, the city council failed to act. They're now turning and trying to get the district attorney to do their dirty work because they failed to act to limit the number of stores. They're turning to the district attorney. That's why they showed up together, which is not, you know, it's not the most normal thing um, to say, well, you know, we failed, the city failed, so let's get the district attorney in our in, that covers our city to threaten and prosecute them under the penal code because right, our right. ordinance failed. But like I said, you know, the equivalent up in Northern California is not doing that because their city council didn't fail. Well, isn't that a precedent then? I mean, you use it, right? You use it, but, you know, it ultimately gets decided by the courts. And I've been saying, I mean, a lot of people, have, you know, it's, it's clear that there's the legislature for the state of California needs to step in and clarify these things. You know? Well, you know what? With this show coming to an end, let that be our final point. Say it again. The legislature needs to step in. <laughs> well, there, there's your message to the world, Robert. Why don't you give everybody your website address? It's robert at conlaw.us. Well, listen, if you really want the guy that is focused on winning, no matter what might be out there, to try to agitate him, Robert Conn is your guy. So look him up. And um, he is one of the most fantastic attorneys that I've ever met in my entire life. And, boy, do I know a lot of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, Robert, thank you and so much. And, boy, have you had a long life. I, I've so had far. a long life, but my listeners know that. But, um, 
thank you so much for joining us and clarifying everything about medical marijuana dispensaries and congratulations on your recent win and we wish you many 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 more of them thank you cindy all right thank you for for staying with us everybody have a nice safe weekend okay everybody take care happy fall bye Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.